Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lawn Feed Podcast. I am Ope from Opus Motime, your host tonight. And with me tonight, it's just a duo. We have Andrew from the Dad Bod Lawn. What's up, my good friend? How are you? The dynamic duo at that. I'm good. How are you, brother? I'm good. I'm good. It's an exciting time. We are into renovation season. So we're going to talk about partial renovations, continuing our renovation talk this episode. Uh, but I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another great episode today. And like I mentioned, we are going to really get a deep dive into a, what a partial renovation looks like uh, for your lawn. Last episode, we talked about what a full renovation looks like and some of our different options um, and just kind of a high level overview. We're going to dive into the partial renovation today. Uh, be sure to check out our website after this episode for premium t-shirts and other apparel that is guaranteed to make you look cooler anytime you wear it. And it is getting cooler. And I know that because it was 57 degrees when I woke up this morning. That's <laughs> not cool. It's the middle of August. Too. There's hoodies on there. You are chilly. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to have to do sweater weather pretty quick, but <laughs> I'm okay with that. I love sweater weather. Me too. That's uh, it's, 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 it's an underrated season for sure. Yes. Um, but before we get into all of the Renault talk, we got to talk about dad's wins and losses. And Andrew, you just got back from a nine day camping trip. Uh, I'm assuming you have a laundry list of wins and losses. Uh, hit me with them. <laughs> uh, you know, not, not a list as long as you might think. It was actually a very successful parenting camping trip. It was, it was nice that we had um, some aunts and uncles and cousins with us like most of the time. Um, so kids were entertained pretty well. And they all did a pretty good job of behaving and going to bed for the most part. Um, one thing that does come to mind, though, I mean, we talk about potty training a lot on this channel. Um, it, follow us in 10 years still. And we'll be talking about boyfriends and girlfriends of our kids in high school. So these topics will change, I promise. But um, my son is almost three and he's like fully potty, potty trained for the most part. Well, at the campground, every time he had to pee, instead of running them inside of our travel trailer to go to the bathroom we, like we were on the outside loop of a campground which means like there's nobody that backs up to you it's just woods um we would just bring him over to the trees let him pull his pants down and just go right right um, and we did this for like 10 days essentially right and um we come back and he goes to daycare <laughs> on monday and it's not as funny as you think. He just had like three or four accidents throughout the day. Like he just like, oh. he probably just assumed that he could drop trowel wherever he was and they didn't have enough time to get to the bathroom and he had another accident at home. And I was like, okay, well maybe we need to reconsider where we let him go to the bathroom. But it, I, the next day he, it, he was doing good again. So, uh, I don't know. I guess he just got too, too used to just going right then and there that, freedom of going in yeah. wherever in mother nature it, yeah. do you know how many times i wanted to do that while camping too <laughs> it's just it's a little different you can get into a lot of trouble if you're yeah. a kid if you're a kid you can just stand on lake michigan and let it rip right uh, right so getting back to a routine is always tough dude no joke it is and uh school is starting so new routines are in full swing too which is even harder to 
you know, get them onto a new routine coming back from a longer vacation of just, you know, no routine at all. So I feel like we just have to do a victory clap for the parents who made it through summer. Yeah. Uh, you made it. We, uh, we made it through the 90 days of HE double hockey sticks, uh, whether that was fun or the other, um, Lots of wins and losses out there. Lots of wins and losses during summer, for sure. But some of us are in session for school. Some of us are about to be in session for school, and we are looking forward to it. Yeah, but, you know, with school starting up, that also means for cool season lawns, renovation season, which is what we're talking about, right? Um, Today, we're talking about the partial renovation. Now, what the heck is a partial renovation? What does that mean exactly? Now, when we refer to a partial renovation, we are talking about not killing off your existing grass. You're not going to go out there, spray glyphosate and kill off your entire lawn and start fresh. Uh, We are talking about utilizing the grass that you currently have, maybe spraying the weeds, getting rid of those, aerating like crazy and kind of just beating the crap out of your lawn, essentially, adding some topsoil and then spreading new seed onto your lawn. And when you spread this seed onto your lawn, you are putting on newer cultivars with uh, better characteristics, better disease tolerant, all that stuff, which we'll talk about later when we talk about grass seed. But each time you do a partial renovation, you're just making your lawn a little bit healthier, a little bit stronger. And I think why we do it is just to make it better looking, if I'm correct. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's a whole bunch of different reasons why, right? right. And I think that aesthetics is is just part of it. You know, mm-hmm. I think from I know I think that's the 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 thing that we get to enjoy. I think that's part of the reward. Oh, for sure. Um, is after all of this is done, it just happens to look nice. Um, people people do partial renovations. I think more times than not, without even knowing it, yeah. Um, because it's overseeding. It's weed control it's all of those things without actually starting over right spot seeding Um, repairing little spots yeah yeah to get that thick lush green lawn that everyone's trying to basically get after but um full full renovations are a lot of work right you just mentioned like killing i don't i mean i've done uh, i've done one full renovation in my well i've done a couple full renovations in my life, but they are a ton of work if you've ever done one because it takes a lot of time and it's a lot of meticulous just work that you got to put into it. And it's It's about a one day project. That's a spray it, let it die, maybe spray it again. Talking weeks of preparation just to get to like the actual renovation part of it, I guess you would say. Yeah, because you got to, I mean, if you're actually killing it off, you got to do two rounds of glyphosate at least. Mm -hmm. And then you got to water it while you're killing it because you got to figure out while you're (laughs) like, what didn't you spray? Nothing confuses your neighbors more than killing your grass and watering it at the same time. Right. So (laughs) that's, I think, the confusing part and the part that takes the most amount of time. And then your neighbors are going to ask you the questions of why are you killing your grass? It's because we're psychopaths. That's why. Yeah. Because we want to, yeah, basically, uh, we want to go do this. Um, But you, you, you go about it and here we are three months later, we finally have grass. We should have just ripped this up and maybe done sod. (laughs) That is definitely something in a normal thought uh, that goes through your mind while you're in the middle of it. But 
um, the the light is and the reward at the end of the tunnel is always really, really good um, and totally worth it if you've ever done it or thinking about doing it, just know what you're getting into. But partial renovations, um, you, you would go about this with like a selective herbicide, like a tenacity or an accelerate, um, depending on what weeds you're trying to target and things like that. You want to find whatever weeds you have in your lawn and obviously target those. Um, and it's always best to check the labels and give yourself enough time. I mentioned this last episode, but if you're, if you're going into an, uh, a post-emergent herbicide, uh, you, you want to give enough time because usually it's a couple weeks when you spray those or, or lay those down uh, before you can do things like seed, right? Mm-hmm. So if you put those down, you, you, you want to give yourself that, that window uh, before you seed, but it's not as much. We were talking months uh, earlier. It's not as much of a window. It's weeks of a window, um, but maybe one or two apps of, of a post-emergent to get rid of those weeds before you start going into, um, going into that and, and, and obviously trying to help out with like erosion control and things of that nature. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. we, we're going to touch a lot more on the full renovation, I think in the next episode, um, but we, we gave a high level recap of a lot of things to consider last one. Andrew, what are some of the things, if you're thinking about doing it, um, partial or full people should consider? Well, number one, having a plan. And I think, um, if you're listening to this episode and trying to get something out of it, um, you can kind of construct your plan for what we're about to talk about here, because you want to know step-by-step what you're doing, how to do it, what products to use, what to avoid, um, so having a plan is always important. You're just not winging it. Uh, knowing your growing zone. Um, know when is the best time to do these kind of projects. For me, and probably you, Chris, it's right around Labor Day mm-hmm. up in Michigan and Minnesota. If you're a little bit further south, it might be a little further into September. Um, also know your frost dates because you want to have this done in plenty of time that you're not going to put down brand new seed, have it germinate, and a week later you're getting frost. That's potentially killing things off. Know your square footage of your renovation area. Um, it's important to know the square footage of your actual lawn, but when you're going to tackle a project like this, you really need to know, you know, how much product you need, how much sand, how much soil, how much seed fertilizer, weed killer, everything. Um, just to know that you're applying products correctly. Um, in the order of the products and the grass seed, um, get them ahead of time. Uh, if you, most people go, don't really good do these on a whim. Like for me, I've known I'm going to do a couple of projects for well over a month and a half, two months now. And I've already been getting my ducks in a row, making sure, you know, I'm, I'm spraying the weeds far enough in advance, making sure I have um, my fertilizer, make sure I have my grass seed, all that kind of stuff. So that when the time comes, you can just go and get at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it, and it's coming too, right? But at the time that you're going to be listening to this episode, it's, it's, it's go time. Um, yeah. Then for, I think you mentioned where, where we're at, you know, I think from the, the dates, it's important to talk about that. If you're going to go do any sort of overseeding in the fall, um, September 5th, or excuse me, August 15th, all the way to, uh, basically October in in middle of October, depending on where you're at is kind of your, your window of getting seed in and reverse engineering that about eight weeks from the frost date. Right. That that's kind of what you're what you're working with. Right. So just give yourself enough time. Uh, it's probably not too late, depending on the cultivar and the grass type that you use. But just factor that in. 
um, the, the first step to really just doing this is mowing low, scalping your lawn, um, and, and taking it a couple notches shorter than, than what it currently is. We do this for a couple different reasons. You're not going to be on your grass, uh, if you seed for a while, um, that existing grass is going to grow. We don't want that to shade out, uh, the, the seedlings that are going to put any risk of, you know, not getting that sun, not getting that water, not getting the nutrients that it needs to germinate and do all of the things that it needs to do. Um, the, the other part is we want that seed to soil contact for that seed to germinate inside of that soil. Um, and we're going to talk about a couple other steps here in a second that will help do that. Um, when we do that, we are obviously going to want to spray our, uh, lawn with herbicides and the weeds. I mentioned an, an application earlier called tenacity or mesotrium. That is a selective herbicide, um, that we can spray at the time of seeding. It will not kill, uh, the, the seed that you are going to lay down. It will target the weeds and let that seed germinate, uh, which we'll get to. Um, and that will effectively be kind of the first kind of steps or two. Um, and you're hitting with a couple other steps with, uh, you know, kind of doing what we need to do to get the, the seed layer prepped. Yeah. Once you uh, take it down a notch, just like I tell my kids to do all the time, uh, mm. but you know, but this time with the mower, take it down a notch or two, uh, running a dethatcher over it. you know, there's different kinds of dethatchers you can get. I think Chris and I both have a history of using something like a, like a battery powered greenworks or a corded mm -hmm. sun Joe. Those things are amazing. They, they tear it up. And anybody that's ever used one will tell you the same thing, but they are small. Um, and so it, they're fairly cheap, uh, but you can rent uh, a power rake, um, dethatcher, or you could use like one of those toe behind that have the tines and you just, you'll just need to go over it and over it and over it to really to tear things up. And th the idea here is to get a lot of that dead material, dead grass out of um, the dirt to really open up the canopy to allow nutrients and the grass seed to good make good seed to soil contact get all the way down in there and just let good airflow happen mm -hmm. now when, when you're you're gonna make a mess it's gonna be a bunch of really light fluffy uh like dead grass essentially that comes up um you're gonna want to pick that up whether you decide to use a leaf blower um whether you pick it up with a lawnmower um but get it out of there the you want that stuff gone next you're gonna aerate um a lot of like when we had um Oh, what's his name? Uh, Vince's buddy from Pennsylvania on here was talking about they they all they do is aerate. Um, they, they aerate the crap out of everything. They don't actually dethatch anything. Um, you can just aerate over and over and over. You can rent um, an aerator. And it's ideal to take out cores. So you want to have like the hollow tines. Take out some nice deep cores. Um, and for guys that don't real mow like myself or like you in your backyard you're going to want to leave those cores on top of your lawn after you pull them up. Um, you're going to aerate the lawn and just leave those cores there. And those little holes that are left is going to allow grass seed to actually fall down into them. And then all the, the cores that are left on top will kind of dry out and break apart and will actually give you like a nice little topsoil um, covering. Uh, and that kind of brings me to the last part. If you have low spots in your lawn, if you have bare spots, bring in topsoil for these areas. Um, this kind of goes along with knowing your square footage. You want to know how much to bring in, kind of get an idea of how many spots you need to fill and calculate accordingly. Uh, bring in uh, screened topsoil, and you could also make 
a DIY screen and screen it a second time, which I know Chris, you've done. And like that, that topsoil is just so beautiful looking. Um, mm-hmm. and so it makes it so much easier to spread and level with the leveling rake, which we'll get to in a little bit, but, uh, don't be afraid to go the extra step and double screen it because it's totally worth it. Cause it, then you get all the crap yeah. out of there. Yeah, and they say it's screened, it's good, but like these places, no, they, it's they not. don't know what you want it for. I so. got quote unquote screen topsoil from my local place and it was yeah. the chunks of dirt and stuff that was in there was insane. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's pebbles, worth it. bark sticks. Yeah. I've seen <laughs> I it think all. I built the, I, I built a cut, like it was just a two by, you know, take a couple two by fours, throw them together with a screen in the middle. Um, and it was like a two foot by four foot thing. It fit right over my hauler and it was good to go. Yeah. Or whatever you want it for a wheelbarrow or whatever. It is an added step that people probably don't want to take. And if you have a smaller lawn, I hundred percent recommend it. If you're bringing in a ton, then maybe it's not something you want to do necessarily. But right. if you can swing it, I would do it. Yep. Yep. No doubt. And, and then the next, and next couple steps are going to be trying to figure out what seed is going to be best for you. Right. So I think this is, uh, this is an important one. You know, if, if you haven't put much thought into this, if you're someone who does go on, you know, purchase seed on the whim, it, that's probably not the right thing to do. Um, you, you want to find the best seed for not only your zone, right? There is different zones, uh, different seed for different zones that will perform well, right? There's cool season grasses and there's warm season grasses. And if you're in the middle of the country in that transition zone, you can kind of pick and choose whichever one you're going to want to do. But if you're in the North, uh, or the South, you kind of just pick those cultivars and, and kind of go with them. Um, for us in the cool season zone, the four primary ones that you're going to be going with are Kentucky bluegrass, turf type, tall fescue, perennial ryegrass, or fine fescue, or a blend of everything I just mentioned. Um, we, we, the, each one of those different cultivars are going to perform better in different environments than maybe their counterparts. So you're, you're going to want to figure out uh, where your yard is, uh, does it get full sun? Does it get partial uh, shade? Does it get dense shade? Um, are you clay soil? Are you sandy soil? Um, what environmental factors are you going to have? Do you have a lot of droughts that you encounter? Do you have a high wind? Is it mixed with anything I just mentioned? Um, every lawn's a little bit different. So you're going to want to figure out what is going to be best fit for your particular environment locally in your yard. What works for a neighbor across town might not work for you. So don't do what your best buddy did across town. You got to do what's best for you. Uh, Focus on yourself, no one else. That's the biggest piece of advice I would give you. Um, We've done all the hard work for you. Um, I put out a free guide of what grass is best for me to break down all of the recommendations for what is going to be best, uh, what seed is going to be best for you in your local environment that matches up with uh, your lifestyle, how much input and maintenance you want to put into it. Some of those grass types are going to be higher maintenance versus lower maintenance, so on and so forth. So uh, put, put some thought into this. There's different prices and different budgets for everybody as well, um, different mixtures leading to different costs and things of that nature. Um, if you're going to spend any money uh, and invest any money, this is where you should probably do it because uh, plant genetics and, and, and cultivar genetics have gone so far um, and they've gone such a far way to battle off all of those environmental factors to uh, really, really put you at an advantage to uh, plan ahead and, and get that elite seed that we're talking about. Um, so when you when you do uh, when you do uh, 
order it. Uh, it's going to come to you. You are going to apply it and spread it across your your lawn. Uh, broadcast spreader is a good one. Um, I, I've done plenty of projects where I've just put it in my Scots and gone and been super successful. This does not need to get sexy. This does not need to be high end, you know, spreaders or anything like that. You just need to get your seed down. At down the, even. What's that? And just get it down even. That's all, yeah. all you need. It even is 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 it. I always recommend going at a lower rate uh, or excuse me, a lower setting um, and going with multiple passes to get even coverage. Right. Go north, south east, west, and do that as many times as you need to make sure that you get as, as even coverage as possible. Um, and I always recommend working in 1,000 square foot increments at a time. Um, I've got a 6,000 square foot yard for me personally. I will literally go in six different spots um, to make sure that I can at least get it evenly. Um, so that's, that's, that's the big one for me. Uh, there's a lot of tools that you can use to help you out with this um, and, and kind of go from there. Andrew, you've done a plenty of seeding projects. Why don't you hit on a few for what, what's been helpful for you? Yeah, I'm actually going to give you a tip, just kind of piggyback off your uh, seeding and the broadcast spreader. Um, one mistake that I have made in the past is um, using a broadcast spreader and slinging seed into flower beds. <laughs> uh, trust me, my wife will tell you all about the seed and the flower beds because i swear to god i can grow grass and flower beds a lot better than i can in my lawn it's still uh, coming up yeah and it's like you you pull it out you're like we're good and it's just like wait where did this get spreading it's it's, it's amazing so i actually have um, a drop spreader which is a different variation of a, of a fertilizer spreader and what it does it it just drops everything directly down it doesn't broadcast it out um I got one for free years ago and I never used it and never used it. And now I actually do like two perimeter passes to buy myself like four or five feet from all that kind of stuff that I could throw seed into on accident. So that way, when I am doing the broadcast spreader, I can stay a little bit more towards the center and not throw it out as far and run the risk of growing beautiful lush lawn in my wife's flowers. So that's just a little tip that a maybe tip. The, 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 all you guys would, um, benefit from in your relationships <laughs> but just uh, the tip just just that's just a tip so sometimes that's all you need but uh some more tools let's talk about some more tools that, that are um good to use for these projects uh if if you have a lawn roller which is just a big like drum that you fill with water essentially it's good to kind of finish up with a, a lawn roller just press the seed into the soil and sure good seed to soil contact. Now this is not something you necessarily need to do, but if this is something that you have laying around or have somebody that has one or want to rent one, it's definitely something that will probably help your germination rate slightly. Mm -hmm. um, now, if you're incorporating anything like topsoil or sand into your project, you're going to want to use something like a leveling rake uh, from like a company like Lansy. They make a nice one. Uh, these rakes really make smoothing out and making everything nice and level so much easier. Uh, it's You could use something like a landscaping rake and kind of drag it around and move it, but you're not going to get the same results. I promise you that. I used a landscape rake for a couple of years, and I got a leveling rake uh, this past year. Game and it is, it's night and day difference. I mean, you'll see grass popping up through the soil that you never thought would pop up through the soil. And so it's going to help your existing grass grow through easier and your results are going to be night and day difference. So it's, it's worth the purchase in my opinion. 
if you're going to buy one tool mm -hmm. for this. Um, so, and then uh, the dethatcher and the aerator, we kind of already covered those. The dethatcher, you can rent those most of the time. Um, if you're somebody that's going to be doing projects year after year, um, like buying those Sunjos, I actually bought one used off of Amazon, like uh, like a recertified one, and it was super cheap. Um, I actually spent more on extension cords because like they require the big extension cords. So I, yeah, not everybody uses those. So be careful with that because some people just use standard extension cords. You're supposed to use the smaller gauge ones. Uh, so I think I spent more on two like hundred foot extension cords than I did on the whole dethatcher itself. I but, don't think I've ever done that. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> the power cord is kind of a pain to do, but if you do it once a year or whatever, it's not that big of a deal. But, uh, so sprinklers, uh, Obviously, we put down seed. The last step in this process is watering. Uh, we want to need sure... water to seed, or you need you need water to have grass germinate. It's crazy. I know. Weird. It's, I know. I could have used some water back in the spring when I tried to seed, but Mother Nature decided for a month and a half not to supply any. So, well, um, but this is why you need sprinklers. So, um, something like an impact sprinkler actually puts down. Um, a decent amount of water. Um, so if you have just those impact sprinklers that you can buy, hook them up to a hose and move them around. Those are great. In-ground in irrigation are obviously your best friend here. Um, you can put them on timers and just run them, you know, five, 10 minutes a zone, three to four times a day and just keep everything moist. Nice. And, uh, you know, you don't want to oversaturate, but you want to keep everything wet until the germination um, has happened. So, um, Melanor makes some good sprinklers, check them out. Uh, when it comes to hoses, uh, if you're a hose guy, you got to move around sprinklers, um, buying something like a hose end timer. Um, Melanor makes those Rachio has that nice new, uh, timer and you just hook it right up to your hose bib and your hose and it does the work for you. And you can also get the splitters. If you want to go run multiple hoses to multiple spots. It just makes your life a little, little bit easier, a little DIY uh, in-ground irrigation, essentially. Um, so, yeah, uh, those are just some of the tools that you can use. I don't know if, if I missed anything. but uh, No, I don't think you did. I think from I, from the DIY, so I have an in-ground system. And the, mm -hmm. abo like the, the, everything that you just mentioned in terms of like the smart hoses and the timers and all of these, like inevitably you're going to have dry spots in your lawn and inevitably yeah. you're going to find a use for them. Like it's an awesome investment. Mm -hmm. um, tools cost money. You don't necessarily need to go buy these. Um, they're largely available for rent if this is like a one-time project for you. Um, for the lawn nerds who are listening to this who want to get into this more, uh, they're they're available and they're awesome and you will have multi-uses for them and your friends will probably want to pay you to use them so and ask like, your friends like tell your friends you're doing yeah. this because like odds are somebody has these that you can borrow and they're for like, sure i please use them they will beg you to use them yep yep no doubt no doubt so the we need to feed what we're going after right you know before you start just watering the piss out of this thing we we want to think about what we're actually laying down i mentioned mesotrione earlier get, get that pre-emergent uh you know going that selective pre-emergent herbicide going um i've talked a little bit about why that's helpful that's something that is huge because you're introducing especially if we're going into topsoil new seed there's weed seeds in there um that depending on where you get your seed and and, and where you get your topsoil from for sure right. there's going to be stuff sure. in there the topsoil if you're putting topsoil in there 
there's garbage in there you do not want. Mm-hmm. Um, so hitting on a, on a selective herbicide like mesotrione is going to be really, really important for you. Uh, the other thing that you're going to want to do is starter fertilizer. Uh, if you don't already have a program going starter fertilizers traditionally are going to be either a well balanced, like a 10, 10, 10, or something like that, or higher in phosphorus, uh, cause new germination needs to get and develop that root system down under the ground, up, down, all around phosphorus goes down. Um, that's something that you can get. I'm not really picky personally. It's my personal opinion. I'm not really picky on what starter fertilizer you get. You can probably get any of them and they'll Mm -hmm. be just fine. If you put fertilizer down, it's probably going to do better than if you did not type of thing. Um, whether or not that's going to be good for your entire program, that's another story, but go get a bag of starter fertilizer. It doesn't need, you don't need to go invest a ton of money into this. Just get something that covers the amount of space that you have for your measurements, I think is the big part. Make sure that what you apply is going to be fitting for your property size. Um, you can do this granular. You could do this from a liquid. doesn't really matter. Um, tenacity and mesotrione is most commonly a liquid. There is, I think, one I'm not mistaken, Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong. There's a Scott's product that has mesotrione that's a granular. Yep. I think it's called Scott's, uh, Scott's triple action. starter. Um, yeah. Something. Something. I, with, I, I with think it's weed. Something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I so you can, you can look at that. Um, and, and I know we've put it in our blogs before, but that's a granular option if you don't feel comfortable doing it as a liquid. Otherwise, if you feel comfortable as a liquid, you can get like a pump sprayer, uh, do it that way backpack sprayers, something with a battery in it is traditionally going to be the most evenly coated um, or give you the most even coverage uh, from a calibration perspective. So that's something that we always recommend is a backpack sprayer um, or something like that. Um, But those are two things that will kickstart your program a little bit um, uh, from the starter fertilizer perspective. That'll, that'll get your grass growing a little bit, not necessarily faster, but give it the nutrients that it needs to have the germination times that it should have. Just real quick, okay. a couple things about mesotrione. Um, we're telling you it's okay to apply at the time of seeding, but once like germination starts, um, it's not safe to apply that anymore. You can harm the new grass um, if you put it on there. So you want to wait till you actually mow the lawn, you know, two, three, four times, just like you would any other herbicide. And uh, also don't be surprised if you see some bleaching on your grass blades. That's completely normal with tenacity. It's going to mm-hmm. look like a nineties boy band out there with the frosted tips, but that's Lance okay. Bass. Lance Bass and JT are just singing some in sync hits out in your front and back lawns. So just don't they're making, be, they're making those weeds go. I'll bye, never forget bye, the bye. day. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. I like yeah. that. That's uh, man. That those are the days, weren't they? They were when responsibilities didn't matter. Dude, I'll never forget the day that I sprayed mesotrione in my lawn just to like kill weeds in the middle of the season. And about four days, five days later, I come home from work and I looked at my lawn and I'm like, what is what going I on? Do? And I just completely forgot that I, in the days prior, I sprayed. <laughs> yeah. There is a quick freak out moment. So that's why I just wanted to share that with everybody because there will be a freak out moment if you're not expecting that. It will grow out. 
That yes. is the, the trust, trust us from experience, the bleaching. Yep. And what we mean by bleaching, it's like the, the tips, just like he was talking about it's with Lance white. Bass's hair. It's like a white, the tips will turn white. But if you look down at the very bottom of the grass blade, it'll still be green. All of that will grow out as you and cut then it. will mow so, it off. Yep. Yep. So just keep doing your normal practices. Don't panic. Rule number one is don't panic. And rule number two is refer to rule number one. Uh, and, and you should be fine. The last step of this whole entire thing is patience. Uh, like I mentioned before, all of this takes patience. It takes hard work and t- pat yourself on the back. If you are even thinking about doing it, pat yourself on the back. If you are executing it and then pat yourself on the back for having the patience to go through something like this, because it is a good project. Uh, you learn a lot. Uh, failures are learning experiences, not failures. So l- learn from them. Um, and then you're always better for next time too. So don't be afraid to fail at something like this. You'll grow from it, um, and go attack your lawn and have a great lawn, but fall is the best time to do it. Um, and if you don't get a full, you know, what you were anticipating out of it, you always have that second best time next spring to, uh, get that going. That will do it for this episode for partial renovations. Uh, if you have any questions, we are, this is the time of year where our inboxes are open DM us if you have any questions. We will do our best to get back to you. They are flooded with questions right now, but feel free to get get in there. Uh, Keep following us. Thank you for listening. And check us out for next episode when we talk about full renovations. If you're crazy enough to go do something like that, like we are. (laughs) (laughs) On behalf of the entire lawn feed and Vince, who's not here, Andrew and myself, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next time. (laughs) Bye-bye. See you guys.